alive everywhere. Almost. Uh, two more seconds. Okay. It's like a wind roll. Five, four, three. Damn. We're live. Perfect timing. Hey, welcome back. This is I Want to Be Your Canary, a Final Fantasy podcast. The namesake from the, what I assume is a fantastic play, Final Fantasy IX, I Want to Be Your Canary. Out of 100 nobles, 100 were impressed. Every time. Every time. Uh, hey, welcome back. We are now talking about, well, first off, how rude of me. Yeah, introduce yourself. Uh, well, I'm more important than introducing myself. Uh, this is Ross. I'm Ross. Uh, this is Scooter. Hi, I'm late. I'm here. I, I, I have a sorry traffic. I'm here. All right. Well, got through that internet traffic. And our, our guest, our 220 marathoner, which has nothing to do with Final Fantasy, but he's a 220 marathoner, ladies and gentlemen. That's, uh, that's Chris Mugridge. Here we are. And I am Colin. So today we're talking about some of the things that didn't always make sense in Final Fantasy, but we just took them for face value. And there's a lot of them. There's a ton. A ton of things that really don't make sense. Breathing underwater. <laughs> Breathing underwater. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things we'll talk about, I'm sure. But as... Not everything has to be perfect in video games for you to appreciate that. No. No, video games, that's the part of the point for me is an escape from a normal world, right? Yep. So a lot of it doesn't make sense, but you just kind of go in with it as it goes. And you know what's funny, though, is I feel like as we've gotten more and more into the escalation of technology with video games, if you're watching cutscenes and you notice something that doesn't make sense... Like, oh, that's that wow, they 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 botched that pretty good. They really goofed there pretty good. They really goofed there pretty and it's not so much with Final Fantasy, but there are there are games out there where you're like, oh man, like that that did not that didn't look good. That doesn't make sense. And I feel like as we've gotten more and more spoiled with video games, we've become more and more critical of some of these things. But things like Final Fantasy and games like that, like, hey, how are you holding 99 potions? You don't really think about that. Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, that's whatever. yeah. What do you, what, how big is your backpack there, kid? Yeah, how big? So, so don't even have a backpack, right? Yeah, just giant pockets, just endless, yeah. infinite pockets. Where are you gonna fit it with that Buster sword on your back? See? Yeah. <laughs> so talking about just kind of some of those silly things, it, it it's fun. It's fun to muse about, and also talking about some of those conspiracies that we have heard about final fantasy some things that we wonder about final fantasy but let's you know what let's just jump let's just jump in because the first one that i have to talk about and this is i feel like sometimes the last one you talk about is why why doesn't a phoenix down revive eris or Aerith, depending on how you say it Final Fantasy VII, the big it's classic. Oh, it's classic, classic. Scene. So to paint, well, go uh, ahead, if, Scooter, we, do we, it. Are we spoilers alerts or it, it, uh, no? It, it just assume that you're gonna be spoiled, <sighs> man. All right, and alerted. Yeah, you're spoiled if you're listening out to there this. In internet world, you're spoiled, and you will be alerted of information. We're we're not sorry. Uh, number seven, the big heart wrenching scene. Uh, Chris, you're just gonna have to live with this. Paint uh, me a picture. 
So we've given him 21 years to get caught up. I'm sure. I mean, if he hasn't by now. Yeah. Your character Cloud is is this sol- or a ex soldier of sorts that has defected to join this rebel group to help take down a giant evil corporation, and the you fall into the lap of the most beautiful girl in the world. Literally fall into her lap almost in the beginning. Fall madly in love real quickly. If well, if you so choose, I guess in that game, <laughs> it's a whole other thing. But uh, and then not too long afterwards, when everything seems to just like the story, everything's going great, she dies. And in any other situation in that game, if a character dies, you just toss them one item, which you can buy at any shop, and bring them right back, no problem. But in this case, she's dead, like gone. So there's no coming back. And it's one of those questions that you ask as you play the game, like, uh, can't we just fix that with this, right? Like, because, you know, the Phoenix Town works on everyone else. Why doesn't, why can't we do that? And it's not even a rare item. No, I, I mean, no, as we've common. talked about before, it, it costs 100 gil. Mm-hmm. Essentially $100 to revive somebody. Which is nothing as you go through those games. No, so, absolutely not. It is a very confusing point where, you know, and I guess, it, you know, it makes sense story-wise because it's a huge crux and you know, character arches from there on out and all that. But just as a kid playing it, you're going, uh, <laughs> why can't we do this, you know? It seems like such an obvious fix mm-hmm. for an otherwise catastrophic issue. Right. One of your main characters has just died in a gut-wrenching, sad way. Well, like you said, in any other situation, that's that's no big deal. You're she's she's died in battle before, and you just toss her. Uh, you toss you cast a spell. You toss her phoenix down. So so it's one of those things. Yeah, as far as musings and conspiracies. Sorry, everyone in Twitch world, we're finally back on audio land. Uh, also known as Dyson. So <laughs> it, it's. It's one of those things where, yeah, you, you want to be able to just do a quick fix of it. Uh, it was super frustrating playing through that game and not being able to do that, basically. So it still is to this day. It, it seems like there should have been... And Ross, I know you have your own idea about this, and I'm going to let you do that here in just a second because it, it would make sense. But it seems like there should have been some sort of quick explanation as to maybe Sephiroth's sword was permanent in, you know, in the death that it gave, or I don't know. It seems like there would have been an easy fix for explaining such a large, like there, it was such a obvious glaring issue Yeah, that seemed like you could have, they could have said, Hey, Hey, who's got an idea of how to, you know, wrap this up really quick and make this so it makes sense. Especially, and I think this was the case not just in other games, but also in this game, and regular battles with regular monsters and even bosses afterward, if a, if a party member had actually died in battle, after the battle was complete, they would have gained back one HP or one health point and um, had been magically revived by no action of your own. Mm-hmm. So why, I mean, again, that inconsistency, inconsistency is a little mind boggling. It is. And 
Eris is just one example in the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, it's, where a, it's a crucial one, though. It, it is. It totally is. And especially for as big of a deal as it was made to be yeah. in that game. Yep. It was a love interest. It was, I mean, Final Fantasy characters had passed, had died before in games, but... Not at that level. No. In, in Not at that kind of moment where you, you've worked on that character, yeah. built them strong, and she was a very powerful character. Uh, and Your then healer. It just gets, yeah, that's the thing, is, and then it just gone you know and uh peace and there's a different sense of finality with that death i mean in mm-hmm. other games were i mean various characters had died in yep. some instances they'd come back a little bit and maybe died again it's right I mean, in a weird afterlife sense or something and yeah oh, so too, they do that yep. so yeah that that was a real big one that just is a sore thumb in the whole series um you know is, is why can't we fix that easily um I'm trying to think of other ones that come to mind. I mean, there's there's a million, you know, that we could talk about. The whole underwater breathing thing as far as the blitz ball. You know, we kind of talked about that last episode. Uh, I mean, you, did you have a, a little list you were working on? Oh, yeah, off? definitely. Oh, what do you think? I had to do something during second period. <laughs> Meet on the bones there. Um, going back to that with the medicinal uh, properties of a phoenix down, being able to counteract what would have otherwise been a ho-hum death to bring him back. There are also other areas in Final Fantasy where this has happened, and I'm looking, I'm thinking at Final Fantasy 2, the United States Final Fantasy 2, in the very beginning of the game, when Cecil uh, and Rydia go into the town and Rosa is sick, and you have to go and get this, I think it's a sand ruby, from this cave to heal her. Well, it's like, she's she's a white mage. Mm-hmm. Why, yeah. why can't? Why doesn't it, in Azuna, why doesn't that cure what she has? Now, mm, I uh, here's what I understand about this. You don't know what exactly what she has. Same idea could be applied to our world today. Mm. Well, you know, if you get, there's vaccinations against things like polio, Mm-hmm. But if some, you know, just because we have that doesn't necessarily me- mean that we have something. If you have cancer, you can't just be like, oh, here's this for, you know, yeah. cancer. So you don't know exactly what she has. So there, I, I understand that. But even in that game, when Palam and Parham turn themselves to stone to keep the the walls uh, of the uh, kingdom from crushing in the party, mm-hmm. well... Why can't you use a soft? Why can't you use a Zuna? Well, you know, and 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 to go off of that, that's a, a similar scene in number nine, right? Where uh, mm. the evil force turns completely into stone, and there's a character that gets caught as you're all running out of it, right? Mm. And you do end up using, isn't it just the normal soft item? I don't yeah. think it's a normal or, soft. Well, it's, there's it's a, a super soft. It's okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but same idea it is, you know. Why can't we just use that? I, okay, so I guess that was bad examples for that. But No, it's it's not, though, because in that moment, they had a way of making it so it's like, well, why don't you just use a soft? I mean, just go into the forest really quick and give them a soft. No, there was a something to tie into why you couldn't do that. Mm. You had to get, because of the forest and because of, um, you know, whatever, how just powerful it was, you had to get that additional item. Right. So it did have it did close that loophole, whereas it, it didn't in the other in the other games. So 
I yeah. think that they, it they did thought a good that job. one through. You know, they kind mm. of were like back of the drawing board. Okay, that makes sense. We should we should probably write that into the story here <laughs> this time around. Um, so now Ross, mm. I know that you have a theory about the heiress thing, and I want you to I want you to touch on that really quick. Yeah, and give your give your it is more of the conspiracy. Sure, yeah, and, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of those too. Yeah, just I mean, just a preference. This isn't necessarily my theory. I mean, this okay. these have been discussed yeah. over and over and over for, ad nauseum. Yeah, for the past twenty plus years. So going back to Eris's death, uh, and essentially what happens is Sephiroth stabs her through the back with his saber, his sword goes straight through her body. She collapses, and then there's a cutscene where. Cloud, the protagonist of the game, is lowering her into body. And at this point, we're under the assumption that she has already passed. He lets her go and she drifts away just like um, Jack in Titanic, essentially. The door was big enough for both of them. Just never let go. Um, but so the theory is the conspiracy here is, is that Cloud actually, a grief stricken Cloud, is actually the person that killed Eris. So. Going not, in, rest in peace, not, yeah. yeah. It's not that far from. Uh, I don't think that's too far of a stretch, man. Well, no. So if you, I mean, if you play through the game and you see this, the cutscene where Sephiroth stabs her through, he stabs her low enough through. You're not hitting any vital organs. You're not hitting any uh, lungs or cats. Heart, I mean, cats. <laughs> Sorry. Monkey. Yeah, wild cat in here. But it really um, shouldn't have actually killed her uh, enough to knock her out enough to leave her unconscious. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets to the point where Cloud is so grief-stricken, he's not thinking sensically. And throughout that game, I mean, Cloud is a perfect example of mental instability. I, I mean, was, was going to say, yeah, not only mental instability, but if you've played through the uh, Crisis Core, it just exacerbates that fact. So, so not only does he go crazy for part of the game, where he's like, he's literally, I mean, in an insane asylum, essentially, in, in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. un, unable to function, um, mm-hmm. For the majority of the game, he thinks he's someone else. Mm-hmm. And well, like so, he's he's yeah. essentially schizophrenic. Yeah. So, so it is not too far to say that. He, yeah, absolutely not. Especially it mix in the, the grief element. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a chance, or I mean, weight to this theory that he, in the moment, actually lowered a unconscious heiress into the water and let her drown, which is really oh, that's a dark. Whole, I mean, that is dark. Yeah, that that, that uh, that's an interesting conspiracy, though, to you know, kind of go off of. Uh, Colin, did you have any thoughts on that one? Because, well, I I think that yeah, if you were to consider that Eris was in some some sort of shock or something where when she is drifting down below that she is not cognizant of my breathing has completely gone, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I think that, I think what Ross talks about with Cloud's mental instability throughout that game where it's not just a one-hit thing. It's not like, oh, man, yep. it's kind of crazy. It is a factor. It's oh, a huge it, factor it, I mean, it game. plays a huge, yeah, huge and, role. And like we talked about earlier, these characters are very young. So something that traumatic is going to have such a bigger effect on somebody who is very young rather than somebody who has matured mentally more, uh, has been through more life experiences. I mean, that's essentially your best friend and your number one love interest dying at 17. Right, right. And that's, you know, I mean, we it's were It's going to mess with you. We were all 17 once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so I think that that's a, I think that that's a, a great point to bring up, whether it's true or not, who knows, but mm. I think that the, the, the loophole that is created by the simple Phoenix down or casting life. Yeah. Is like well, anything. What? Yeah. Give me something to close up that loophole. So I, you know, don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Because it seems so, such a obvious solution right and scooter like you said in final fantasy 9 they have to get get the super soft mm-hmm. they include they close the loophole by giving an explanation in the story somewhere there and yep. that yeah that you know that was you know not a conspiracy quite but uh it was one of those things i remember just going like oh why don't we just use a soft right here like yeah exactly uh, and then the story kind of completed it but yeah 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 there's a lot of situations like that yeah i think it could have been as simple as like i mean going into that dungeon or that part of the game like losing all your items or something like some event like oh your items are gone or sure yeah i mean just something just something to tie the loop wouldn't be the first time in a game where all of a sudden you don't have your items yeah for whatever reason um you know talking about earlier when we were talking about the vaccination you know the polio but we don't have cure for cancer now and talking about the sand ruby and having to cure the white mage of a disease that you think that she would otherwise be able to um, she built cure. Up immunity. Well, that that begs the question: like medicine today, the technology technologically, medicine is always improving. Is magic the same way? Is Azuna just the best for what they got at that moment? Is is the mm. medicinal properties of magic a continual like uh, is it on a spectrum is it always is it yeah no i know what you're saying you know because well going back to what we're talking about like for instance in number 10 so yuna uh yuna's father was also a summoner he probably learned all the same spells that that yuna did as you go through it right Mm -hmm. so does she learn a better version than her dad did you know one generation before or is it that she has to relearn basically the wheel uh sure um that's oh man that's a good world kind of question as far as you know it's uh, always it's always tapped to be some ancient magic it seems that ancient magic and when you know they say ancient it's been around since the beginnings of the gods and all that mm-hmm. so so um i don't i don't know i think it a lot of them might just ha- you know be cyclical or you know like we were saying before it, it just repeats itself uh, over and over where uh, you, you start out and you kind of like as you play through the game, you know, I guess through time, you learn and grow in that realm of magic, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think in a lot of these games it technologically advances like, uh, you know, like you're saying. It, I don't know. Yeah. And that's just amusing is does it or will it? Right. If you were to go a thousand years into the future on the blue planet, uh, as it's known in Final Fantasy II, is there a cure for Rosa's condition that magic has, um, you know, over time magic has developed and magic has progressed, that whatever she has, you no longer need that sand ruby to cure because now your right. white mages have, have those spells. That abil- yeah. mm-hmm. hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I don't know if, if magic it has a... Uh, progression, a further progression on a spectrum, that it that there is more to learn about it, right? Or if it, or if it is, I don't know. That if, might be one of those video game things where you just kind of accept it, yeah. And you question it, and but yeah, 
It's a weird one to think about. It is. Um, other, let's see, just other little musings that mm-hmm. I have is, I mean, you talk about things, silly things like, <laughs> who's making potions that you can buy 99? There's, well, there's an alchemist there's, just in the back room. There's no yep. influx in price. Economics. Oh, yeah. oh is... no, no, it's government subsidied. So it's it's. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's just e- everything. It's like nobody's corn. okay. Yeah. So that dollar so, sixty a bag. <laughs> it would be an interesting thing to see, um, the capitalist version of markets in a Final Fantasy game. Lord knows that capitalism is dead in Final Fantasy. It is all communism. It, it is all some sort of social state-run madness. Fair prices for all. Fair never price. goes up. Never goes down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we see, uh, Mr. Dyston says, uh, Ultros is an underrated Final Fantasy boss. And that's from Final Fantasy three in the United States. Uh, he is the, he is the octopus thing that you fight oh, at the beginning yeah. on the river rafting. Oh, yeah. And he I also shows up. That. He also shows up during the opera, I believe. Ooh. And I think he is, I think he is underrated and he is difficult well, early on in that game, absolutely, right? Oh, in, in the beginning of that it, game when you're that, having to do that oof. that river rafting it, tour? I, I do remember it took me more than one time. That is tough. Yeah. Him showing up at the opera didn't make a whole lot of sense. So getting back to musings, it's like, what are you doing at an opera? What are you doing at an <laughs> opera, Octopus Man? Well, see, now, know. that's one of those, though, that I honestly Stay in your go. lane. Yeah. Stay in your... <laughs> Stay in your lane. Why are you in the story right now? Let's see. I, I and just I, I found this book. I know that I've showed you guys. I found this book at Target. It's it has to do with it's Final Fantasy Ultimania Archive, and it's volume one, and it has games one through six on it, and it has so many of the different uh, characters and talks about backstories and the way that the game was set up in creation, as far as some of the formulas. As some as far as some excuse me as far as some of the formulas that they go in battle, mm-hmm. uh, it's really it, it's it's really awesome. That's art, so art cool. Design, that yeah. does what my iPhone does just in more time. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but this didn't cost you thirty bucks, man. I'm checking my phone for free right now. So what are you yeah. looking up? Uh, I'm the looking. Formulas well, for, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I was just enjoying. No, uh, it is a nice. I'm looking up Ultros here. I'll okay, you know what? Guess right, what? You don't right get to now. look at it. You don't get to look at it. The future um, versus the past. Hey, there like Ultros, you're a jerk. The well. jerk store called. They're running out of you. <laughs> um. All right. So that is that is a that is a good point, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense why ultros shows up why ultro shows up uh, at the opera I'm not really sure why he does but um let's take a look a lot of these characters in a very short while a very short time i mean it probably took you what 60 hours to beat final fantasy 7 i would probably say 60 hours and you rest a lot at inns and stuff yeah. like that. And but, what do you think in sixty hours? How many days eclipse in Ooh, in the man. world based on based on all of the times you stay at an inn? Oof. Forty days, maybe through the whole campaign. Yeah, of the maybe game? 40, forty days. Forty days. You go from uh, you go from 
let's let's just well, let's say 50 60 let's say 100 days 100 days eclipse from when you go to a level 1 ex soldier schmo or barkeep to defeating a god zero to hero zero to hero in about 100 days i'm taking what a just what Square Enix did with the Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> collaborating with Disney here. I mean, zero to hero. That's yeah, essentially what it is. And in for the time that eclipses, I mean, realistically, that's like me becoming a two twenty marathoner in a month. in hundred days. hundred days. Yeah, in hundred days, not gonna happen. Chris, how did you do that? Oh, it took about a hundred days. <laughs> he has long legs. Classic. Classic. Let everyone, he grew. Let everyone know he grew. Yeah. So, and that's that is such an uh, a silly thing to e- even talk. No, it's not because that. I mean, it makes sense as far as another kind of thing. As far as a weird, you know, it amusing of how these games are played. Because typically in in real lifetime, that's the thing with these Final Fantasy games. You know, you sit down, especially as a kid, and you realize you open it up for the PlayStation, and there's four CDs. Mm-hmm. This is not a one CD game, not a two CD game. There's four CDs for this one game. So you know you're in for a long game. Mm-hmm. And it can easily take up to 100 days in a first playthrough as a kid. So the real-life time, I mean, I could see how that correlates pretty closely to what you're saying is in-game time for the characters as they go through the story. Mm-hmm. I, some of them honestly feel like they took longer than 100 days, um, you know, maybe more in the, in the order of a year or two. Um, it's like I, you, be go, you go from zero to world beater. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Top of the... No, I mean, pick your pick your period of time. I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be ever a point in my lifetime where I am the most powerful being on this planet. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I'm pretty confident and I'm... I, I'm Ross, you're doing sure pretty good life, man. Feel better about yourself. Like you're. <laughs> I, love, I just don't know I if I'm. You, but you're no world beater. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they, you become rich, you become powerful, mm-hmm. you learn all the magic there is, and you're there to save the world. You are. So. That would be that would be equivalent to Bryce becoming in a hundred days as good as Earl Thomas mm-hmm. at free safety. Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. I mean, world beater, legit world beater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but when when you guys talk about like this impending doom, they don't have like if, if you were to if you were to like relate it to actual real world, like yeah. you, you only have a, a you, certain, you amount, certain of amount of time, right, so like right. you have to like, adapt to that. No, it's absolutely especially true. if that becomes like your one main focus. Mm-hmm. Then yes, like you you could see those jumps in like from zero to hero, but out of necessity. Yeah, out of necessity. Mm-hmm. I guess because you have a finite timeline. Yeah. Okay. okay. You're, you're, you're not gonna like this. I'll buy that. Yeah. I'll buy that. How long did it take them in that? Uh, what is it? Armageddon with yeah Bruce Willis, right? How long did it take those cowboys to become NASA's astronauts? Like a week? Yeah. Like they sped up so the process. So there you go. There you go. They they leveled up in a week. They played the the quick and dirty version, I guess. Because, because you had to. Yeah. 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 So I yeah I could see that I guess. It's a weird thing in the video game, though. You're right. Like, how quickly you go from nothing to superhero. Oh, yeah. And there's money in the bank, and you got, you know, 15 gun blades just sitting on your <laughs> side, backpack, you know, and a black chocobo, a green one, a red one. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, so here's my last musing that, that I really thought, man, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So the fact that, that summons aren't more powerful... Oh sure, is questionable. The fact that 
a, a mm. punch from somebody can do the same as a larger-than-life dragon. Or, let me take it one step further, certain attacks just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Sephiroth, when he's one one-wing angel, I mean... It blows up the solar system. Yeah, no, that animation is... And it does 90% of your damage. It can't kill you. That attack cannot kill you. It's not programmed to kill you. If you have 10 HP left and he uses that, you'll go down to one. If you have 20, you'll go down to two. It will not kill you. Weird game mechanic. It is a weird game mechanic considering the finality Mm -hmm. and the severity and how much the story evolves around it. And it, it would make sense that that attack would just end it all, right? Maybe he just appreciates irony. Like, this should kill you, but I'm just going to bring you down to death. He is a weird character. And if you play uh, uh, Crisis Core, you, you it, uh, he comes up a lot. He's a main character in that one. Hmm. Uh, and he's, an, he's a guy that would do that. He would just mess with you like that, though. So that is, that is weird. And hey, I'm just reading up here. Let's just talk yeah. about this really quick. The love story of Titus and Yuna. <laughs> is it the most convincing of the Final Fantasy games? Oh. No, well, is so what, it, what do you oh, mean by convincing? Most? I guess the one that makes would most most make you think, yeah, that is a that is a story unto itself. I don't think so for me. I so when I think of like a love story, like a traditional love story, even outside of Final Fantasy, it's like a a individual goes through like almost like a metamorphosis like the the love that they're experiencing or the love story that they're a part of almost changes the very mm-hmm. fabrics of who they are as a being mm-hmm. and i don't think that necessarily happened for either one of those individuals um i'm trying to think of a good example Gosh. in the series well i mean but okay if, you, if we were to go back and talk a little bit more about how seven and Aris did, like again cloud's mental stability changed because of that interaction and love story with Eris at that point, right? So maybe that um is man, that's he I mean his character evolves substantially lot. throughout yeah, a lot throughout those four discs. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Dale's uh, all this time. That's the thing. Um <laughs> mixing in that Disney again. <laughs> I, uh, I I think that probably may me one of the most convincing ones for me would that that I really thought that is that's something right there is um Zidane and Princess Garnett. Yeah. That one's an easy one. Yeah. I I it's, it's I bought classic that. Disney but it but it worked because it, the story arc for him it changed him like mm-hmm. to yeah no and as as yeah I yeah. bought that. It more is very than I cliche, Titus though. I mean, the princess and then the it absolutely is, the thief, but it absolutely the thief works. coming from you know, like Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah, no, but it absolutely worked, and they they did a really good job at it. So, you know, and I think that I, I don't buy Titus in Yuna as much because I don't buy Titus as a character. Yeah, that, a, yeah, no. He, well, that was their first foray into voice acting, and audio uh, is a whole other realm, which I would love to do an episode on. Is audio? Oh, and we shall. Uh, and music and all that, but uh, I, I, I love the guy that did it. He's done a, a lot of good voice acting. It was just, I mean, the famous laugh, or half laugh, ha, 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 ha. you know. So yeah, ha, ha, that like was just the uh, it. It was good. It was good. Uh, he, yeah, he just didn't. I I didn't buy. I didn't. Well, buy he didn't it. have any authenticity about his character, That's so he thing. wasn't relatable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, he was like weird, like kind of creepily vulnerable. It was, it was weird, and but I don't know. He was yeah. kind of an archetype of 
main characters that were that kind of really for how much i i did not identify with this character i'm yeah. surprised how much i really enjoyed number 10 yeah sure i think the other characters yeah. are so strong oh oh man uh, and i mean thinking thinking about Waka, it now i mean you know the characters that talk the least identified with the most kimari yeah, Orin, or yeah. Orin. Yeah. I mean, Mark, both those yeah. characters. I mean, every single time Orin spoke, I mean, it's just like, oh, what is he gonna say? It's all magic. <laughs> it's like you don't yeah. need a reason to yeah, help somebody. Yeah, yeah. He did not mince words, and he did not waste them. And I, I think I agree with you. And I, and I, I don't know. Yuna was an okay character, but she was kind of just like mopey. I felt even um, Yuna, she lacked. Yeah. I mean, if I was a faith, it's like, who's this girl? I'm not giving her yeah. my soul so she can create a summon. It's like no. And in twelve, you know, the, there was so many overarching uh, or overarching characters, love interests. You know, because mm. there's so much. There's such a big cast in that one. Uh, not, none that really stood out necessarily. Um, uh, Thirteen again. No. Fourteen online. You guys might be able to talk on that one. Fifteen. I, 15 was in a weird way a re, a, like a, a reminiscent remake of 7 and I didn't like it I did not like the love story in that one at, at all yeah, uh, it, it was there yeah. it's fine it played it's part I could have done without it to be honest I don't even remember it to be honest that's, that's how thing, insignificant is that it, it was such a just like oh okay um, I remember loving the end of 15 when they're up on the up on in the throne and i remember loving mm. that but oh, sure sure didn't yeah the the love story didn't reminisce with me mm-hmm. um and i couldn't tell you and it was just a, a remake of seven in a weird way um so you know all right we're, we're bouncing around a little bit we are we are we are conspiracies right. musings conspiracies musings uh ross i know you got some good conspiracy stuff that's like really kind of let's let's talk about and connect these dots all right, let's uh, let us connect. What do we got? Connect them dots. So, so I'll start off with the musing that becomes a conspiracy. So, I mean, kind of how we talked about Eris. I mean, how she shouldn't have died. Characters that should have died. I mean, Squall was stabbed in the chest with an icicle, a huge icicle uh, beam, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he lives. It's like you're at the end of disc one. He's oh, falling it. off of a platform. And the sorceress big, comes and just throws this rod of ice all the way through. through you. I mean, it's like it has to be at least half a foot in diameter, this this icicle. Yep. And it just runs them straight through. And the next thing you know, you're waking up in a prison. It's like, <laughs> what the heck just happened? Like, yeah, even if you have a phoenix down, phoenix, it's yeah, like, phoenix I don't down. know if the phoenix count <laughs> can fix that. Oh, it can't fix a sword. <laughs> yeah, can't fix a sword. Can't fix so, a simple yeah, blade. So. Yeah. And who, yeah, anyway. No, no, keep building off that. You were saying, like. So that, I mean, that gets me to the, the conspiracy. And again, this is not my original thought. This has been talked about. This, this I, I don't think I've heard this. Immensely. I mean, again, this has been. Uh, um, discussed ad nauseum. Discussed ad nauseum over the past 20 years, literally 20 years, because it came out in 98. <laughs> so the conspiracy is that Squall actually died at the end of disc one. I have so never the, heard this. The rest of the game, he's actually dead. And you're playing. The rest of the game is played out the space between um, alive and death. So that 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 those that moments moment. between you um, actual death and you and you disappear from this world. That that Wait. near death experiences or just seeing your life when your life your flashes. Eyes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it seems kind of it's like okay that doesn't make any sense. But if you think about it, eight was a weird game. No, it is a weird game. But explain that again. So the rest of the game after disc one, you're playing as a. Uh, 
a flashback or how does that work? No, no, no. You're just you're, you're, your your whole life like and then when I say whole life, your future life flashes before your eyes. Um, and it's almost like a dream. It's oh, almost like oh, oh, it's oh, what Squall oh, would have oh, wanted in his life. Oh. Because, for instance, before that moment in, in disc one where he gets stabbed through with the icicle, Renoa's not into him. Right. She's totally in the cipher. Right. Um, he's an afterthought after disc one. Everything, the totally whole story into him. changes. It's a, it's a love him. story after that. Yeah. Same thing with Cypher. Cypher's character changes. Disc one, he's kind of this. Uh, he becomes the uh, second in, well, it, almost second in command, you know? Yeah, but I mean, in disc one, he's the anti hero. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. he's still conflicted. He's a good guy, but he's mm-hmm. does bad things and he does it his own way. And then disc two through disc four. He he's all bad guy. It's like mm-hmm. what, when did that happen? What like mm-hmm. what changed? Yeah, yeah. You had you had a night. Yeah. Oh, and then man. there's things that just I mean there's so many things in it that still make sense like the <laughs> Moombas, and uh, oh, um, just I mean Squall's headaches and his his flashbacks of Laguna, and all these different things. Like what is this? And I th- think I mean in reading about number eight and if you've played number three eight there's a lot of things that just frustrate players um compared to number seven because number seven was just a true all the way good um rpg and eight was just like oh that was a little odd um it was much different yeah the, the way they presented the story and the game was much different and it would make a lot more sense if, if it, we were thinking it's like okay this is actually squall's dead and he's just this is almost like a dream this is a dream state for him i've never thought of it that way though that's yeah. really interesting it is. It, um, it's a heck of a conspiracy. Yeah. So again, not my thought. Um, and then there's there's tons of theories or tons of theories that actually have been confirmed and theories that have been disproved. But I like still like to think about them as if they were not disproved. Right. Um, so maybe maybe we've and the squall one has been disproved. Um, but the the um, story creators actually they were interviewed about just that exact conspiracy and they they thought about actually incorporating it into the eight remake. Um, if they will or not, who's to say it? they probably won't, but the fact that they're like, Oh, interesting. Um, that would actually be a cool take. I mean, because my brain is just like mulling over that whole story now going, Oh man, geez. Like, huh. You yeah. know, that, that adds another layer of depth that might be really squall being the most powerful by far. I mean, him leveling up faster than anyone else. Like throughout the, towards the end of that game, he was always, you can't do anything about that. Even in like, yeah. if you try to play, you know, as people do speed runs or, or one level character runs, like, you can't do that in that game because mm-hmm. Squall will always be the most powerful out of the entire. And that was party. the only Final Fantasy it's, that did that. Yeah, I know. It, it it was a weird, weird one. Weird leveling hmm. scaling system. Were they <coughs> trying to tell us more? All right. So getting to a Final Fantasy that's actually been proved, or a conspiracy that's been proven. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, a lot of Final Fantasy worlds uh, they, they come by different names, whether it's Gaia or the Blue Planet, mm-hmm, Spirit, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, some of them have been linked, and um, some of them even to believe have been believed to be the same world. Well, uh, do any of them like a lot of the uh, you know gods in Norse North or sorry Norse mythology? Sorry. Well, they all shared various so, mythologies, not just Norse. I mean, some of yeah. it's like uh, I mean, Saudi so, Arabian. Did any of the world names and all that tie together with that stuff, or is it all? I, I don't know anything about that. So what ties together? Not necessarily the names. Well, I, the names do. I'll get to that in a little bit. But okay, okay. what I'm talking about now is Final Fantasy X. So Final Fantasy X and X two are the same world as Final Fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. S- same like actual, same world, same world, same characters through timeline and all. Yep. That, or, so no, 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 not the same timeline. So Final Fantasy X and X2 are actually a distant past the Final Fantasy VII. 
Huh. Explain why. Explain why. So and so I go out. I don't necessarily agree with the full theory. The full theory is that it's a different world. It's just the same universe. I think it's the same world. So um, in Final Fantasy X2, and actually, believe it or not, I played far enough into X2 to get to this part. Um, and I say that for people that have not played. It was a compared to Final Fantasy ter- X, no, X2 was a terrible, terrible game. game. Yeah, well, it was marketed at a totally different audience. I don't know. I don't know what audience that was. Uh, well, it wasn't me, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't us. <laughs> it wasn't sixteen-year-old me. No, <laughs> that that was the truth. But anyway, so late late in the game, you get um, to a point where you meet a character named Shinra, and he's an Albed, and he talks about um, his idea and his concept to fuel the world to to run cities off of the world's energy. Um, so essentially tapping into that, the far plane in the Final Fantasy X and X2 games and then fueling civilizations or cities. <clears throat> and Shinra is significant because um, we've already talked about Final Fantasy VII. The big bad company of Final Fantasy VII is the Shinra Company right. Incorporated. And they, just as I said um, just now in Final Fantasy X2, fuel cities off of the world's energy which right the life, gets into, the life stream which eventually gets them into trouble right and okay and i mean geez i'm just thinking of other parallels i could draw between the two real quick is sin you know the giant let's just call it godzilla type monster that you know causes havoc mm-hmm. in uh 10 in 7 you have the weapons right mm-hmm. what, yep quote unquote weapons which are basically the same idea absolutely um, I, <sighs> All right, go on, go on. So, that, I mean, that's the main connection there, uh, the Shinra, uh, and that has actually been confirmed. Um, oh, yeah, that I that was that. The, the writers for um, 10 purposely put that in there. Gosh, um, dang it, now I'm going to be thinking connection. about this whole, like, how do these two stories connect? And, like. And there's other things you could draw ugh. from that probably aren't necessarily connections, but, like, Aronso's oh, no, a distant yeah. ancestor to Red 13. Sure. I mean, yeah, one's blue, one's red, but... But Hojo um, did a lot of weird, you know, genetic experiments and all yeah. that, you know, as far as the Mako energy and all that, like, so, oh, man. So, talking about 10, because if 10 is the same world as... If that's the same world as 7, mm. well, in 7, because of Sephiroth's supernova attack, mm-hmm. you know that that world is the same world that we are in. Mm-hmm. Because he burns through in that final on a supernova attack, he burns through the solar system, and the lat he goes from the outside in, and then once he starts getting close to Earth, then it starts going from the sun towards Earth, mm-hmm. and the last thing that gets uh, where the characters are. The last planet that before it gets burned up, that's coming closer to the sun, is the Earth. The Earth as we know it. Mm-hmm. So that's you know then that seven is the earth that we live in. It's supposed to be the earth that we live in because of that attack. You know that. And that means that 10, 10, two, are going to be in the same earth that we live in final fantasy two for the, uh, super Nintendo would also be that same world. That would be a connection there because in final fantasy, uh, two American two, the world is known as the blue planet. Mm-hmm. And it's got the moon. It's got the same general properties as what we have here. And the blue planet has often been, at least amongst Final Fantasy um, uh, fans or uh, Final Fantasy 
conspirators. I don't know what that word uh, exactly would be, but the blue planet is the planet as we know it as Earth. So if you connect 10 to 7, you connect 7 to us, and you connect 7 to 4. So that is something that something that is a little interesting there so For sure continue yeah. on with your connections because i know you got a few and they're yeah. awesome no absolutely so and then uh i mean going back to linking two at a time um so to speak so the original final fantasy like the true final number fantasy number one and final fantasy nine so that is that's not that far off though <clears throat> no and so the, again there's some definite linkages between mm-hmm. the two games one being the big baddie in Garland. Um, mm-hmm. Garland's the bad guy in both games. And something that's uh, um, kind of alludes to his appearance in number nine. Jeez. At the end of number one, um, he dis- uh, Garland, after he has been um, defeated in the epilogue, it uh, says something along the lines of, and I'm not going to, it's not a direct quote, but that um, Garland will be restored um, and will await um, the Warriors of Light of the Future. And it's really ambiguous. Um, doesn't really go into a whole lot of uh, of explanation after that. Very vague. But obviously, Garland reappears in number nine. Um, also, in both, you have the uh, what are they called? The Guardians of Terra. So mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. have Tillamont. You have yep. um, Lich. So Kraken, the various Guardians yep. Yep. you have to fight against um, appear, and then they're the same exact Guardians in both one and nine. And isn't there a weird time conspiracy as far as going to the future or traveling in the past, uh, in both games, right? Uh, I think definitely in one, number one, but in number uh, nine, you're traveling to your evil. That's true. No, yeah, you're true. That's true. I know number one did it much better, but number nine, at the very end of the game, you started delving into that Garland time traveling world, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I could easily see the parallels between those two. Yeah. And just to answer the question really quick um, that's coming up on the uh, the chat, which series had the best bromance? For me, number one mer- bromance, Zell and Squall. It was like <laughs> grumpy old grandpa and grandpa. Zell was all about Squall, loved him to death, and Squall was just like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, best bromance? Oh, dude, for me, because it has its ups and downs, and I can't believe you didn't say this, Cecil and Kane. Well, so oh, I mean, yeah. that that was the obvious one. I figured you would take that one. Okay, so Cecil and Kane, they both they both dig the same woman. Oh, um, yeah. Kane yep. gets Till a little, old time. gets a little jealous. Decides to have his mind manipulated. Maybe not decides, but yeah. he kind of gets the mind. But it, he manipulate comes, my mind. Well, he comes back and he says something to the effect. Hey, if that, and he tells Cecil after he comes back from the brainwashing and kind of having his uh, strings pulled by Garland, uh, I'm sorry, by uh, Golbez, he says, dude, if that ever happens again, just kill me. Don't give it a second thought. Yeah. Just straight up kill me. Which, I mean, that's, oof, that's deep. Yeah. But he recognizes the danger that he put his friends, mm-hmm. he put his friends through. He goes up, you know, he, they go through the cave together. They do this terrible thing to this town uh, together, um, you know, blowing it up, delivering this package that burns this town down. Uh, but also, Kane is there when Cecil goes, dude, I'm done being the Dark Knight. I need, I, I got to get right. Yeah. I need to go up and I need to face myself and do the paladin thing. And Kane's there. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be kind of, 
a little bit off the chart, but going up there, when you get up to the top and you become a paladin, you, hold on. Actually, is Kane even is Kane? I, I don't know. Actually, know if Kane's with you when you go up there. I might be totally off when you go up there. I can't. Um, uh, I, I can't. It's uh, been a while. Oh, yep. It has been a. It it's is, been approximately seven years since I've played it. Hold on. Let's let's see here. Let's see if there's a. Uh, I can't remember if he goes up there with you because that totally blows up my uh, entire. The conspiracy. My entire conspiracy, right there. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure to be honest. With you. I can't. I can't speak with confidence because you go up there. I don't know. Is there a way you can? Uh, there's this thing called the internet. There's this thing. I'm, I, I I'm could, trying yeah, to go could, through a book like I'm at the library here. Well, um, that's the way we prefer it. That, yeah. Well, we are scholars. This is yeah. academia. Um, we we have a master among us of of doctorates of sorts, right? Yeah, we uh, we are a, a house of learned doctors here. <laughs> um, but I think that I think that Kane and uh, Kane and Cecil do have a a great bromance uh, amongst them or yeah. about them. Yeah. Another another quick answer for me would be uh, fifteen is an easy one to answer because it's basically a bromance of dudes taking a road trip in a car. You know, so like, that is true. That's that's. It's a, it the interactions that you get. I don't know if you guys have done where you just put the car on auto drive and you just kind of watch them interact, and somebody, uh, you know, I, I won't say it, but they, <laughs> they pass gas in the car and they're the ones they're all looking at and you're like, oh, and you know, so little things like that really add to the character feel of that. But that that whole story is based around that one, so that's that would be an easy one. Uh, that does definitely has. I mean, camping every night. That does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely see, and I see up on the uh, board here, Gladius and Prompto. I, I think see, that's... Yeah, th- th- those, I mean, they're they're total... Th- it's a good character-building story of those four, you know, guys in a road trip kind of thing. I think that's why that one hit so well with a lot of us. Uh, see, I didn't like that. Well, it, I wasn't a huge fan of that, to be it, honest. I, there was a missing element of uh, female, like strong female characters in that game. You know, uh, Eris wasn't with you, and that's I I I agree with you guys 100. percent Is that it was missing an element of something? I think um, it's just that that contrast. It's not yeah. necessarily. I mean, yeah, just yeah. But there was none of it throughout the almost the entire game. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was weird that way. I think the story lacks depth of that contrast. It, no, and that's I I 100 agree. I I didn't dig the whole story, but as a you know the. Uh, which was the best bromance? Yeah, the Zell one was, you know, obviously. I'm just, one, I mean, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, Kane was, was not with funny. Kane was not with not Cecil with. when he went up to uh, make that change. So it kind of blows hard. up, kind of blows up my story. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, Colin, we're getting towards the end of musings and conspiracies. I think as time wise goes. Yep. yep. I'm gonna toss a real quick one for the next ten minutes here, though. Is um, conspiracies, real quick. Uh, the the ending of ten. Okay, Final Fantasy X. The uh, you guys remember the ending credits and all that at the very end. And I know you, Ross, or Ross, and I have played Ten uh, Two, right? Mm-hmm. Colin, did you play through that? I played a little bit, but I so I know, much. I know, I know. It's one. Of, it's like thirteen. You, you step into it and you're like, oh god, what have I? <laughs> uh, weird. So, the end of Ten, the final scene, basically. You don't know if you're alive. You don't know if you're dead. You don't know if you're in a, the same world. You don't know if mm-hmm. you're in in past time. Mm-hmm. 
you don't know if you're in the future, you know, but but you're there. That's mm-hmm. all that the scene basically shows that you survived somehow and you're there. Now, uh, the easy answer to that would be that you join the world of Oren and uh, uh, Lord Brock, uh, right? Jekt. Uh, Jekt. Thanks and all that. So that would be the easy answer is, you know, that. that so you, so you go to, you're you essentially a spirit on the far plane. Right. But, uh, I, but you know, that's been a, a topic a bunch, too, of like what happened at the end of 10. If 10-2 didn't exist, let's say. I don't know if that matters to you guys, but if 10-2 didn't exist at the end of 10, you know, what happened? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, at the end, and, and I see Dyson, I, you're, we'll, we'll, we'll have you on the show because I know you love X2. He says, debatably the best of the series. I don't know if that Oof. is hyperbole, but I know he loves X2. But knowing at the end of 10 how, you know, you kind of realize that things weren't always what they seem. Yeah. I feel like when you replay it, and I know this doesn't really answer uh, yeah, the question. I might need to just go back, yeah. I know this doesn't really answer the question, but it gives me the same feeling when I replay it as when after the first time I watched Fight Club. Sure. When I watched it sure, again. Sure, sure, Knowing what I knew. Yeah. Made me made me view the game differently. Mm, I can and how see that. that I saw because in Fight Club, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, this oh, t- Tyler Durden is, yeah, right, right. Like, oh, real. wait, let me reset yeah. all the characters in my mind and go, okay, these two characters is the same basically. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I just need to replay that one again. I played it a few times, but every time I see the ending of Ten, you know, and you see him kind of smile and then just kind of run into the, the, the scene, kind of just. You know, fades to the nice ocean sunset or whatever. Mm, gives Jack a high five. Yeah, and, and love you, Dad. And yeah, yeah. And you're going. Okay, it's all good. You try to kill yeah, me, yeah. Sin, but... Like, so is this like real or anyway? So that was a conspiracy I was thinking of. Uh, and then ten two doesn't help because it's like it does not help ending. at all because apparently in ten two, as uh, dice, you know, dice, you're probably thinking this too is like uh, there's that weird like semi quasi. Uh, you get to pick Titus, right? Yeah, and then and you're just like, what? You get to pick what happens. I mean, what? He, he's, maybe he's dead, depending on what you choose to do in the game, uh, or yeah. he's alive and he comes right. back so, to life. Yeah, that's a that's to a me, he should have died. It would have been a much, I mean, that finality. I, the the best Final Fantasies have a sense of finality in them. Yeah, the clean death. Yeah. yeah, I agree. The ambiguity it was a weird is a little frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? It gives us uh, it gives us something to talk about. It's like there what dreams go. may come with Robin Williams. Just like, just tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Brain hurting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Is that? I think that's probably as good a place to stop. That's as a good take place a quick to break here. Yeah. yeah. Take a quick break and see what the night holds. So, uh, this is uh, us wrapping up uh, episode four. I want to be your canary. Want to thank our our Twitch audience, which happens to be. Well, it happens to be you, Dyson, and I don't know that it's anybody else, but <laughs> it is it is cool to have someone to interact with. And Good um, hanging out, buddy. Yeah, thanks for hanging there out. There always has man. to be a first. And you know what? This is ours. So, all right. Well, you know what? It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>